Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. On today's episode, we have the privilege of witnessing a unique gremlin event called a competition. The distilling of moonshine is an art form with a long and illustrious history, and the legendary brewmaster is widely regarded as the best distiller in the bayou. But lately, Popcorn Turner has been providing the brewmaster with a little healthy competition. I hope you enjoy part one of Thunder Fuel Gremlin Fire, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by Popcorn Turner's Top Shelf Moonshine. After just one shot of Popcorn's Extra Special Reserve, you'll be unable to walk, stand or see properly. That's a guarantee. Buy it today by the barrel, hogshead or bucket. In fact, we'll fill any container you bring us. The Under Fuel Gremlin Fire by Andrew Bud Adams. The brewmaster stood back to appraise his growing store of ingredients. He held one hand behind his crooked back and fingered his bamboo staff with the other. His apprentice Wesley crawled through the sacks, crates, and barrels, scratching items off the list one by one. Black root from the knotwoods, scratch. Lichen from a bioluminescent grotto in the Ten Peaks, Scratch. Check, the brewmaster said. Wesley paused. Boss? Uh, I mean master? Check, not scratch. If there's one thing that the brewmaster had noticed in his numerous shine trades with the city folk, it was that he could get more scrip if he spoke like them, though it became considerably more difficult after a few sips of his own brew, not to mention trying to teach Wesley. The apprentice's face lit up with a grin. Ah, he went back to take an inventory. Skeeters fossilized in tree sap from south of the bogs? Check. Almonds roasted right inside the magical post of the breach? Then I have some junk gremlins got that one right, but check. Blood cherries from a homestead out in the Badlands? Check. Plenty of fuel for the fireball, uh, master. His apprentice stopped his inventory to shoo away the latest minions returned from their errands. Three bio-gremlins who just dropped off their contribution, or tri-chi-tribute as they called it. They carried a heavy clay jug between them, rustling over the right to present their prize to the brewmaster. Wesley intercepted them, grabbing the jug from their hands and sending them scurrying with a few whacks, the universal gremlin expedient. One of the gremlins tripped over his wide-brimmed hat in the rush to the door. He scooped it up and bowed the rest of the way out. Wesley watched them go with distaste. They were not worthy of such an important assignment, but, Master, 
and yet they seem to have succeeded, the brewmaster said. He nodded to the jug in Wesley's hands. Or have they? Wesley popped open the jug and waved it in front of his noseless face. His tongue flicked in and out like a snake's. He smiled. Well, no kidding. They did it. They brought you song. I'll be. The brewmaster could not keep his enthusiasm in check. The bottles that dangled from his bamboo staff jangled as he bent closer to his apprentice. Test it, he said. His apprentice was happy to comply. Careful at first, he kissed the jug's mouth, then suddenly threw back a sample in a single up-and-down jerk. He swilled the pungent liquid in each cheek, looked left and right, and then swallowed. His eyes disappeared over his grin. The brewmaster took the jug and smelled it. Creamy, sweet. Honey and, he sniffed again, pine sap? Wesley took the jug back, dutifully double-checking the master's analysis by taking another deep shot of the brew. While he was so occupied, three Snooky wandered through the door. The round bodies and soft fur of the raccoon spirits looked out of place among the lean, scrawny figures of the gremlins. Each one carried a large gourd, marked in the sacred kanji of the Thunder's Brewery. They came in loose-limbed and clearly inebriated, gazing around the room with sleepy eyes, snout snuffling at the smell of whiskey in the air, ooing and ahhing at everything they saw. The copper corpses of guild machines, acting now as brewery vats, impressed them the most. Giggling, they pointed little claws at the vats, talking in the chattering language of their kind. How much song is left after you three got your paws on it, Wesley wondered aloud as he descended on them, snatching away their suspiciously light gourds. The tanuki lowered their heads and studied their foot paws. One of them burped. The other two giggled. Under his master's watchful eye, Wesley opened a gourd and tasted its contents, returning that same satisfied smile. Song on this one, too. This news was somewhat worrisome. The brewmaster had sent two teams after the Ten Thunder's secret beverage, with the expectation that neither were likely to return. The successful theft of one batch was long odds. Both missions succeeded and went far beyond fortuity and into suspicion. His apprentice guessed his concern. Like overcooked moonshine, relations with the Ten Thunders had recently turned sour. They'd given the brewmaster weapons with which to arm the Bayou Gremlins. He may have led them to believe the gremlins would use those weapons against the guild and union settlements supposing promise. He also may have left the weapons with the tongs instead. According to the brewmaster's moonshine Obi scouts, the tongs did use them, but against promise, not its enemies. It was likely that the thunders were looking for payback. Wesley turned a hard stare and sharp finger on the tanuki. You wasn't followed, was you? They took the question as an accusation, and passed it among themselves like a hot potato, finally shaking their heads in vigorous unison. At any rate, it was obvious they didn't think they were followed. Wesley deferred to the brewmaster, who studied them a moment longer before nodding, a soothsayer satisfied by what only he saw, or pretended to at the very least. This seemed to boost the Tanuki's spirits, or stir the spirits they'd already downed, and they forgot that they were expecting to be paid with more brew. 
When they shuffled out, it was with proud grins and swaggers. Song, but no recipe, boss, or master, Wesley said. Maybe if you taste it yourself. The brewmaster sat down, swishing the contents of the half-empty gourd. No rush, Wesley, he said. Such moments were meant to be savored. Finally, he lowered his dark scarf, touched the lip of the gourd to his mouth, and drank deeply. He wasted none, and Wesley watched wide-eyed as if witnessing someone speed-read a tome fat with knowledge. When the brewmaster was done, he let out a long, easy breath and smacked his lips slowly, nodding all the while. Hands steepling and unsteepling impatiently, Wesley asked, And, master, can you reproduce it? Still deep in thought, the brewmaster arched an eyebrow. Reproduce? No. Wesley's face fell. Perfect? Maybe. His apprentice clapped, eager to get started. But there was still the question of how. Wesley waited expectantly, and for long moments the only sounds were the boiling vats hissing steam and the gristmill turning above them. The brewmaster paced alongside the massive pile of new ingredients. He carried the empty gourd of song with him, enjoying the bouquet that still lingered inside while assessing the odd grains, fruits, and random contributions his gremlins and tanuki had brought him. They were unique, maybe even special, but were they enough? Gremlin facilities tended not to last long. It had nothing to do with standards, considering their willingness to use them long after they'd sunk into the swamp or caught fire. But even gremlins had to admit when a shack was now a lumberyard, when a tree fort was now an ash pile, when a fanboat was now death on metal wings. Fortunately, all of the above could be repurposed. It was spiritual, really. How all things broken and dead and useless were reborn by gremlin hands. The fallen shack was reincarnated as a pig fence. The burnt tree fort as a gumbo seasoning. The misfiring fan boat as a projectile weapon or personal gyrocopter. In fact, many of these transformations occurred before the original structure had run its course, sometimes while still in use by the previous owner. The latest, greatest hooch house was no exception. Wide open, like a stage. It combined Popcorn Turner's slapdash distillation components with the Three Kingdoms' influence of the brewmaster and his Tai Chi, providing the friendly rivals a neutral setting for a little brewing competition, or competition as Cooper Jones was calling it. She stood among glass bottles, bulbous gourds, upturned top hats, and various other empty containers on a rickety table. Jars rattled as she paced and showboated, bumping them with the barrel she wore, but her attention was on the crowd of both contestants, fans, and followers. They cheered in sections when she introduced the two contestants, but together whenever a bottle or jar fell off the table and shattered. All gremlins were hardwired with a deep love of things breaking, as any decent bayou orator knew, and exploited without hesitation. Shut up now, you cretins, 
so I can give you his grace, his eminence, his most holy of gremlins. No, not most holy dingbats. Buckshot Barnaby over there still's got the record. The wise and weird and sure to lose Brewmaster. Cooper gave it plenty of volume, but was careful to nudge only a single jar off the table. It didn't break on impact, and instead landed with an unsatisfactory squelch in the mud. Disappointed, the gremlins clapped a little half-heartedly. Now let's hear it for the shiner of both moons, the legger of boots, the slayer of salty snacks, the hero of hillbillies, a god among gremlins, the greenest and hairiest and stretchiest and barrel-ridingest and best whiskey-making son of a drunk you ever gonna see, the one and only Popcorn Turner. This time she landed hard in the middle of the table catapulting most of its contents in various directions to punctuate her speech with a cacophony of shattered glass and clay. The crowd erupted. She's trying to sway them in Popcorn's favor, Wesley muttered from the open platforms, taking a step forward. Don't worry, Master, I'll... The brewmaster rested his hand on Wesley's sleeve. The hooch will speak for itself. He threw Popcorn a shrug and salute. The hairy gremlin lounged in his bib overalls, bare feet resting on a barrel of mash, soaking in the adulation of the crowd. He tipped the tattered straw brim of his hat to the brewmaster and grinned around the barley stalk hanging from his teeth like it already won. Begging your pardon, your eminence, but I was perfectly amicable to that, Popcorn said. I reckon you'll need it. Humans call it a handicap, I hear. You've a noticeable deficiency of help meets. So best you keep your prince close. He gestured at the red-eyed, barrel-bodied whiskey garment squeaking and rolling around his side of the distillery, carrying bottles in their claw hands and lightning fires with their spray spouts. Wesley rolled wide oak containers into position, while the brewmaster climbed higher in their multi-level equipment, aligning conductor arms and coils and collector jars. Keep your cat popcorn, but thanks all the same. Gentle gremlins, brew your shine, Cooper Jones hollered in the yard. The crowd hollered back. The competition had begun. Grains were poured into boiling chambers made of all manner of metal junk. Wesley raced the whiskey gum into chopping fruits, vegetables, and the odd critter. He was the more dexterous knifer but barely gained on them when forced to dodge their own blades half the time, which they struggled to keep hold of. Popcorn and the brewmaster oversaw the addition of ingredients to their own stills. Popcorn stuck to what he knew, combining mash, barley, and rye. He glanced on occasion at the recipes he'd nailed to the wall, a ritual that began with suspicious peaks in his competitor's direction, before poking through a poorly erected curtain of old clothes and feathers. The brewmaster kept his recipe in his head, even invented it as he went, sampling his secret stash of song every so often to stay inspired, though here and there it found its way into the mixture itself. Cold water ran through an overly intricate labyrinth of pipes and hollow logs, held aloft by everything from strings to animal intestines. Some filled the water jackets, actual exoskeletons of giant yellow jackets in Popcorn's case, 
as he took the nomenclature literally. The rest drained between beam braces that hoisted the whole place above ground, where it was no longer of any concern to them. Before long, the drainage pooled across the yard, causing the gremlin spectators to sink unnoticed an inch into the swamp. The two rivals worked mostly in silence, but their respective assistants made up the difference. They were happy to advertise each action to the other and to the crowd, speaking louder each time, as if volume alone would win the day. Joining the bubbling and squishing and splashing and whistling in the occasional burst of flame was their ongoing dialogue of nothing but brewing babble and distillation drivel. Hey, Weasel, your mash makes ours look like gravy. You sure that's malt, Cooper? Tastes more like, uh, salt. Ain't you a peach. Save the honey for the hooch, boy. Their temple of spirits pumped out billowy black smoke and all manner of tantalizing odors. Those flowing off popcorns and were rich and woodsy, while the brewmaster's work wafted sweet and creamy with a hint of sharpness. The combination drove their fans crazy. Their appetites whetted, the assembled gremlins dove into the complimentary beverage offered by or stolen from the whiskey garment with feverish enthusiasm. This inspired the audience to start competitions of their own, sometimes gremlin versus gremlin, later pig versus pig, because the effect the shine had on the swine was hilarious to any untrampled onlookers. As the day wore on, they stomped the benches and hung from the heavy bayou trees and rolled in the mud until not a one of them recalled the competition itself. By the afternoon, when the humidity was thick as molasses, and the hazy sun beat them slow and senseless. Most gremlins were snoring loudly, propped on each other's heads and ends with their limbs all akimbo. Inside, Popcorn Turner and Cooper Jones were barely awake themselves, nestled comfortably inside sacks of sugar and yeast. Here and there one would climb out, exposing the squirming grubs and salamanders beneath to stir the boiling contents of dirty tubs and basins and to refill whatever older hooch they were drinking. Popcorn would pause to scratch his beard, and his hindquarters grinning proudly at his competitor's side of the structure, croaking, that a boys, and don't give up now. And I'm right proud of you, your eminence, feigning a deigning down among us lowly bayou folk. Wesley would only smile, and Brewmaster would only nod, neither poison in their work. Yet even if that work looked a great deal like watching and waiting for the pots to boil, so to speak. Between the song and the new ingredients, they wouldn't be thrown by popcorns popping. Then, with barely a sound, a moonshine obi dropped onto the platform from the ceiling of drooping branches. The brewmaster only turned his head slightly as the masked tri-chi gremlin slid up to Wesley and whispered something in the apprentice's pointy ear. Wesley nodded, frowned, stroked the hair on his chin, and tugged his top knot. The brewmaster waited. Ten thunders, master, his apprentice told him finally. The brewmaster considered, then said, The usual welcome, Wesley. Their attention crossed the yard full of snore and thumb-sucking gremlins and fell on a body lounging against a tree. This one wasn't a gremlin, or any manner of worshipper, 
with a pot-bellied thug missing his only mask and most of his clothes. Flies buzzed around him, though that didn't help clarify whether he was dead or merely dead drunk. Wesley twiddled his fingers nervously, glanced at the shine Obi and shook his head. Not this time, Master. A cat Naka leads them. They're not far. The brewmaster sighed. Too much fuel in your fire, Eminence? Popcorn Turner crowed from his nest. The moonshine Obi disappeared into the trees again. The brewmaster sent Wesley to hitch his wagon. Nothing unexpected, he replied finally, facing his competitor. And nothing I can't handle. Unfortunately, I have to withdraw from... Withdraw from the competition, Popcorn said, shocked. He wanted to win, but fair and square. The stage, Brewmaster clarified, just for a moment. It shouldn't take long. If and you say so, Brew Boss. The Brewmaster hesitated, then gestured with his staff at the side of the platform, at the different tiers and tons all hard at work turning his unique take on song and of the competition's winning brew in his own greatest triumph. I trust. The old gremlin cackled. Don't you worry none. Popcorn's got you covered and then some. Coop. His assistant came to attention surprisingly fast, saluting and everything. Yes, sir. I want you to keep an eye on his eminence here. Put him back in one piece so I win this here competition fair and square. No one to gloat to if he's dead. Cooper Jones grinned. My pleasure, Pops. She made one stop on the way out of the yard. After shoving a few unconscious gremlins off their perches, she tapped the tower barrels currently serving as the crowd's bleachers. Hey, she shouted. Nothing happened at first. She yelled and hit them again, this time with the pneumatic welding torch clutched in her hand. Watching this decidedly hazardous maneuver, Wesley side-eyed the brewmaster, who raised a hand as if about to advise Cooper differently. Before the brewmaster could give his warning, Cooper's pounding activated a particular rune carved into one of the barrels. The whole mound stirred. With a whirring clatter, the stack of barrels rose off of the ground, scattering its coverings of sleeping gremlins. Some of the gremlins slid limply off without waking, landing with a splat in the mud. Others, believing another furnace was about to explode, as they often do, leaped clear in surprise without looking where they fell. Through hoots and hollers, the creaking and groaning of wood and the noisy burp of mud emerged a humanoid construct, built from barrels of all sizes. Eyes glowing with the amber moonshine that sloshed inside it, the golem marched to attention beside Cooper Jones. She climbed aboard its hump back and grinned at the two tri-chi. Point us at the action, boys.
That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for part two of Thunder Fuel Gremlin Fire.